It's time, D-Heads. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand. Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blue's Disney On Demand is on the air! Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment here at Disney Blues, Diz Radio, and the Diz Radio Show. And this week for show number 186, for the week of August 3rd, 2017, we have somebody that you know from a variety of different places. Maybe you're taking that trip on the loop. Yes, I am talking about the monorail. Maybe you've listened to great radio dramas like Smuggler's Bounty. You know Yoda from The Clone Wars, The Wild Thornberries, Powerpuff Girls, Star Tours, and of course the newest narration for Happily Ever After, the newest fireworks at the Walt Disney World Resort, we have none other than Tom Kane stopping in here this week. That's right, Tom Kane, voice actor extraordinaire. You know him as the current voice of the monorail at the Walt Disney World Resort. He narrates Happily Ever After, and like I said, he is the prized caretaker of the voice of Yoda from the Clone Wars, all animated series, and so much more. And Tom is going to stop in and talk about a variety of different things. He's going to talk about what it's like being a voice actor, just how he got into this industry, who is his favorite character to voice, Star Wars memories, what kind of things did George Lucas shoot down, as well as being that iconic voice of the Walt Disney World monorail system, and many other things. In addition, no show would be complete without the D-Team. That's right, we always have the D-Team here to add that spice, the magic, and more for your listening pleasure. And Paige is back with a symphony for your ears and the magical music review with great Disney tunes that you want to add to your library and collection and never forget. And you have the questions and he always has the answers. And Aaron is going to answer all your questions and I want to know. We have Dominic who's stopping in this week once again with a short leash with tips and tricks to make the most out of your Walt Disney World vacation when you're short on time and short on money. And let's not forget the latest from Disney Multimedia for your Androids, your iPhones and more with Disney Multimedia with Randy. We have all kinds of news hot off the D-Wire from Imagineers, the Magic Kingdom, the Disney Channel, the Lion King, so many different things on the horizon. So before I jump into this week's show and we kick things off here, I do want to mention that Diz Radio is probably sponsored by Castle and Dreams Travel. And Castle and Dreams Travel is 100% free agency. They're going to help you plan, book, prepare, and make the most magical vacation that you could possibly have from dining reservations, character interactions, fast passes, you name it. They're going to hold your hand, treat you like family, and walk you through the process. They also have bilingual experts to help you with any language barriers that you could possibly have. So definitely check them out. Castle and Dreams Travel, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. All right, all of you D-heads, so I am excited for this one. I am really excited for our special guest, the D-team, and so much more. So let's officially jump into this week's show and kick off show number 186 for the week of August 3rd, 2017. How else? We just got off the monorail, and let's take a stroll down Main Street, USA. I'll be right back, all of you D-heads. Dreams for every girl and boy. Wondrous lands and make believe will fill your heart with joy. A castle is the entrance way to seven lands and more. Step inside our snowy foot, imagine what's in store. 
Ladies and gentlemen, as you board, please move all the way across your car to make room for everyone. For those of you standing, please hold on to the handrails and stay clear of the doors. The monorail will depart momentarily for Epcot. Thank you. As you board, please continue moving across your car to make room for everyone. Kindly offer available seating to those needing special assistance. If you are standing, please hold on to the handrails and stay clear of the doors. They will be closing in a moment. Thank you. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Welcome aboard the Walt Disney World monorail to Epcot. For those of you standing, please hold on to the handrails throughout our journey and stay clear of the doors. For the comfort of others, no smoking, please. Thank you. As we turn south, you can catch a glimpse of the spires of Space Mountain in the Magic Kingdom. Nearby is Disney's Contemporary Resort. You can upgrade a Magic Your Way ticket at any time prior to its expiration by adding more days or options such as Park Hopper and Water Park Fun and more. Just stop by any theme park ticket window for details.
We are traveling to Epcot, where the magic of Disney comes together with the wonders of the real world. Its 300 acres are divided into two themed lands, Future World and World Showcase. Future World offers fascinating explorations into the realms of communication, transportation, energy, and imagination. You'll also find adventures in spaceflight, sea exploration, food production, and emerging technologies. Discover the culture and cuisine of 11 nations in World Showcase. On the banks of the 40-acre World Showcase Lagoon are Mexico, Norway, China, Germany, Italy, the American Adventure, Japan, Morocco, France, United Kingdom, and Canada. Young adults from each nation are among your hosts, making this a truly international exchange. We are approaching the Epcot monorail station. Smoking is not permitted at Epcot except in designated areas. Please consult your guide map or ask a cast member for locations. Please hold on to the handrails and stay clear of the doors until the monorail stops completely and the doors open. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the cast of the Walt Disney World Resort, welcome to Epcot. I met them in a swamp down in Dagobah Where it bubbles all the time like a giant carbonated soda S-O-D-A soda I saw the little wren sitting there on a log I asked him his name and in a raspy voice he said Yoda Y-O-D-A Yoda
Hi, this is Tom Kane, the voice of Jedi Master Yoda. And, of course, Professor Utonium on the Powerpuff Girls. And the monorail voice at Disney World. And you're listening to Diz Radio. Thanks for joining us. It's Disney Blues. Disney on demand. Ooh, I thought you were dead. With your host, Jonathan Johnson. What? My dad gave it to me. It shows exactly where we are on the planet. Boop, beep, 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 boop, boop. Was this baby? We'll never be alone. You just tell the man you want to go back to your mother. All right, all you D-heads, so I am back, and I hope you enjoyed the official kickoff for show number 186 for the week of August 3rd, 2017, as we have a very special guest stopping in, as we have none other than Tom Kane. Yes, the voice of the monorail, happily ever after, Star Wars Celebration, the voice of Yoda on the Clone Wars and many animated shows, Wild Thornberry's Powerpuff Girls, Star Tours, and so much more. So I am excited for this. We have the D-team of Aaron Page, Dominic, and Randy stopping in, and all kinds of news hot off the D-wire. So before I jump into that news, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete podcast archives, our latest news blogs, and more right there on the official website at DizRadio.com. D-I-Z Radio. Com. You can also stay connected all over the social media outlets on Facebook at facebook.com slash show. That's D-I-Z radio S-H-O-W. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and many other places. Just search Disney On Demand, Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, or Disney Blue, and that's B-L-U. All of which are going to help you find our fun, unique, different kind of Disney show. And if you want the magic instantly in your ears, you just can't wait, you want to hear it, you need it instantly. You're in your cubicle, you're driving to work you want to share it with the family, all you have to do is go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio and search Disney On Demand, Disney Blue, or Diz Radio. All of them are going to help you find our show. There you can subscribe and get the latest shows on your iPhone, your Android, your tablet, and many other places and get the magic instantly in your ears as soon as it gets released. And if you can't remember anything I'm saying, all you have to do is go to DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio.com. There you can find all those links there as well. So, all of that is out of the way, so let's jump into the news hot off the D-Wire. And of course, a sad note, one that everybody may have seen all over the news outlets and other places. And how about the legendary Disney Imagineer, Marty Sklar, passing away at age 83. That's right, legendary Disney Imagineer, Marty Sklar, passed away in his Hollywood homes this last Thursday. He was 83 years old. That's right, during an illustrious career spanning over 54 years, he worked closely with Walt Disney, as we all know. He was instrumental in creating and enhancing and expanding Disney's creative vision. He was named a Disney legend in 2001, and he's best remembered and revered by fans for bringing Disney's theme parks to life. He was legendary. I mean, I had a chance to meet him in the past, and he was just an honor to talk with somebody who had a chance to work with Walt and bring many great attractions to life and many other things. I mean, he is an icon. He will be missed. He was born February 6, 1934. Yes, that is an important day for me because February 6th, is also my birthday and I've always made that point even when I met him that we shared birthdays so it was something fun and something personal that I was able to share with Marty that one time that I did meet him but he was an ultimate Imagineer and now the world has to say goodbye to Marty Sklar passing away at age 83. Now moving along here since we are talking about somebody that was heavily involved with the theme parks how about the Disneyland Railroad returning with all new visions along the rivers of America 
at Disneyland. Yes, now the Disneyland Railroad, the original Disneyland attraction and park icon, has reopened on July 29th last month. Now this fan-favorite attraction now travels to a new scenic route along the north bank of the Rivers of America, where it now has stunning new views of rockwork waterfalls, providing guests with breathtaking views along both sides of the train. Now guests will also enjoy this new landscape from the water as they welcome the return of the watercraft Mark Twain Riverboat. Yes, I love the Mark Twain as well as Sailing Ship Columbia and the Davy Crockett Explorer Canoes. Now Kim Irving, art director of the Rivers of America project, envisioned what he would be like for guests. He said, it's hard to believe that right here, smack dab in the middle of a bustling freeways and high rises, you can enjoy a relaxing ride on an open air train car and sail on a ship or a canoe and it seems like you're in the middle of nowhere. Now, another classic that everybody is excited that we'll be starting once again is Fantasmic. That also reopened on July 17th, and everybody loves that as it's telling the story of Mickey Mouse and his vivid imagination. Now, the one part that I will say, you never really hear me say anything negative here on the show, but the one thing that does bother me is that they added Jack Sparrow and the Pirates. If it's supposed to be Mickey's imagination, Jack Sparrow is actually a live-action person, so... That one kind of bothers me, but I am glad to see Fantasmic back once again. Now, pushing along here, let's stay into things that are far away, fun, and so much more. And how about Walt Disney Records set to release the South Pacific sounds of Tavaka and their greatest hits. Now, some of you are like, who is Tavaka? Well, Walt Disney Records is set to release Tavaka's greatest hits that's going to have 10 songs that has pretty much culminated from the group's eight albums, plus a new previously unreleased track. Now, you still are wondering, who are they? Well, they are the inspiration and the ones behind many of the sounds of Moana. Yes, we all know many of those songs from Moana that were created by Lin-Manuel Miranda and, and many others, as well as composer Mark Mancina, but they actually were the influence. They are the ones that helped with the drumbeat sound, that Hawaiian feel, that Hawaiian sound. And the Moana soundtrack spent 23 weeks in the top 10 charts on the Billboard 200. But now Tavaka is getting a greatest hits by Walt Disney Records. And anybody that loves Exotica, Tiki, Hawaiian, this is definitely one that you are going to want to pick up and add to your collection. This is a great sound. If you love Moana, you love the soundtrack, you're going to love this one as well. Even if you love the Enchanted Tiki Room, this is one you want to add to your collection. Now, moving to the small screen here, let's get into Elena of Avalor. Yes, Celebrations to Remember is coming to DVD on September 12th. Yes, for all you Disney Junior and Disney Channel fans, it is time to get the holidays rolling with all kinds of celebrations as we welcome our favorite television princess, Elena, back to DVD once again. She is back with all new adventures coming to DVD, as I mentioned, on September 12th with Elena of Avalor, Celebrations to Remember. Now you can join Elena and her friends as they celebrate the holidays that honor the past, cherish the present, and look forward towards the magical future. Now, these are all new adventures that Avalor celebrates, including Navidad, the Day of the Dead, as well as many carnivals. Now, this is a great DVD that you're going to want to add to your collection. It also comes with all different episodes, new, and you even get an Elena necklace as part of the DVD collection when you purchase it. Now, it does have an all-star cast, many who we've had here back on the show, including Carlos Alizraki. We all love him on there as he plays Skylar and many others, but it is a great DVD. You want to add it to your collection. Now, some of the episodes that they are going to have so far is A Day to Remember, Navidad, King of the Carnival, 
My Fair Naomi, as well as bonus episodes, Crystal in the Rough and Captain Turner Returns. And you can get this on September 12th and celebrate all kinds of celebrations, remember, with Elena of Avalor. Now, getting back to the parks, how about Slinky Dog Dash, the coaster, finally has its final piece of track installed. Yes, this week, the Walt Disney Company posted on their YouTube station the installation of the final piece of the puzzle for the Slinky Dog Dash coaster that is coming to the Toy Story Land area of Disney's Hollywood Studios. Now, the Toy Story Land remains to be one of the big highlights to the 2018 travel season as the land officially will open in the summer of 2018. Now, it will be a reminder of those days of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, I feel. But instead, instead of guests getting shrunk down and exploring... I guess the backyard of, uh, you know, Wayne Zielinski. Instead, they're going to get shrunk down, and it's going to feel like you're in Andy's backyard. So same concept, new generation, but it's going to be amazing and fun still to this day. Now, there are going to be multiple meet and greets in the land as well, as well as two main attractions. We all know the Toy Story Midway Mania and the Slinky Dog Dash Coaster. And it's going to take guests on drops, twists, turns, and all kinds of thrills. So we still have a ways to go before it does open in 2018, but now... On Disney's official YouTube page or on our website as well, you can see that final installation of the final piece of the puzzle for the track getting installed for the Slinky Dog Dash coaster at Hollywood Studios. Now, finally, wrapping up here. Yes, there's a lot of different news here, but we have a big show lined up as well. And how about Saks Fifth Avenue and Disney announcing holiday collaborations to celebrate the 80th anniversary of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs? That's right, Saks Fifth Avenue and Disney announced the magical collaboration to celebrate the holidays at Saks stores in this winter. Now, the two iconic brands are coming together to delight shoppers this holiday season by creating one-of-a-kind experiences across Saks 41 stores in the United States and Canada. Now, this November, Saks' annual holiday window unveiling in New York is going to celebrate Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. The collaboration includes special Disney-inspired fashion, accessories, and giftable items created by premier designers and available at all Saks stores throughout the country and as well as Saks.com. And if you're not familiar with who Saks is, that's S-A-K-S.com. Now, Saks will offer a series of Disney-themed breakfasts at their cafe as well on the 8th floor of the Saks New York flagship location and the one as well located in Chicago. Now, there's going to be a variety of different guest appearances from Dopey, Snow White, and many others as well. Now, as they have released, the president of Saks Fifth Avenue said the power of brands like Saks and Disney coming together to create this special experience and custom designer pieces that our clients won't find anywhere else is something that is today's new luxury, and it's going to be timeless forever. If you want to find out more about this, just go to Saks.com slash Disney and get ready this November for that window unveiling as they're celebrating 80 years of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. So all of you D-heads, with that said, it is time to wrap up news here. I've been rambling on for quite some time, but we have all kinds of things on the horizon as we have Aaron answering all your questions. We have Paige with the Magical Music Review, Dominic with tips and tricks, as well as Randy with the latest multimedia as we gear up for none other, yes, than the monorail himself, the wisdom of Yoda, and many others as Tom Kane is going to be stopping in here very shortly as well. So before I release strains here to the D-Team and continue on here with the show, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by Castle and Dreams Travel. And Castle and Dreams Travel is a 100% free agency. They're going to help you plan, book, prepare, and make the most magical vacation that you could possibly have from dining reservations, fast passes, tickets, resorts, you name it. They're going to hold your hand, treat you like family, and walk you through the entire process. They also have bilingual experts to help you with any language barriers that you might 
might have. So check them out. Castle and Dreams Travel, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So all of you D-heads, with that said, it is time to continue on, press on, and move on as we have the Star Wars, the future, the monorail, and so much more as we gear up for Tom Kane to stop in here. And I'm going to release the reins here to the D-team. So let's press on for show number 186 for the week of August 3rd, 2017. And with all these elements all in one place, you can't help but feel it's a small world after all. Be right back, all of you D-heads. It's a world of laughter, a world of tears It's a world of hope and a world of fear There's so much that we share that it's time we're aware It's a small world after all It's just one moon and one golden sun And a smile means friendship to everyone Though the mountains divide and the oceans wide It's a small world after all 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 <laughs> Envelope to Davis and Kirk. Right down that. Yoda, please oh, help me. I'm I'm dying. What has happened to your Padawan? <coughs> Who has done this? <coughs> the Sith. How? You told me I would finish my training and become a Jedi. But the council expelled me. Why would you do that? 
I still become one with the Force when I die? Master, will I be a Jedi? Padawan. Padawan. Ahsoka. No. 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 Not strong enough I was. No. Failed I have. Failed them all. Master Yoda. Let me take you away from your confusion, your anger, your sadness. Come with me, and you will never know pain, never know sadness. Close your eyes, and I will guide you. Funko presents the greatest hits of Walt Disney with original soundtrack recordings. There's Spoonful of Sugar. Super Califragilistic. The Bare Necessities. 24 exciting Disney recordings plus eight colorful character cutouts and lyrics. All in this fabulous album. Hi Ho from Snow White. We are the Siamese cat song from Lady and the Tramp. Jim Jiminy, Jim Jim Cherie from Mary Poppins. And everybody's favorite, Zippity Doo Dog. 50 happy years of Disney music in Walt Disney's greatest hits album. Eight Disney character cutouts and sing-along lyrics. An ideal Christmas gift. Regularly $5.99. Special this Christmas, $3.99. Woolworth, Wilco, Cunningham, Clarkins, Montgomery Ward, Fisher, Big Will, Camelot, Ben Franklin, Sears. You have questions, we have answers. Let's dip our hands into the virtual mailbag and uncover the truth in I Want to Know. Hey, D-Heads. This is Aaron, and it's time again for another installment of I Want to Know. You guys have been busy sending in questions, and the virtual mailbag is full, so let's reach in and see what questions we have for this week. Our first question is from Kevin S. of North Carolina, and he writes, Question for Diz Radio about the Walt Disney World monorail. How many colors are in the monorail fleet? Also, how many pilots do they have per monorail? Can you still sit in the front with the driver? I'm going back this fall and would love to try that again. Someone told me they stopped it. Is that true? Finally, how many narrators have they had over the years? I still remember the late 80s guy who had such a distinct voice. Thank you and love the show. Well, the Walt Disney World Resort currently operates 12 Mark VI monorail trains on three lines of service. The Walt Disney World monorail operates over a span of 14.7 miles with around 50 million Disney guests traveling on the monorail each year. In June of 2014, the monorail system became automated. The system provides a more efficient service with enhanced safety as well as more frequent dispatch of the trains, faster switching times, and monorail arrival information. Pilots still sit in the front cab, but are not in control under normal operations. The current monorail colors are red, coral, orange, gold, yellow, teal, lime, blue, green, silver, black, and peach. 
the coral, teal, and lime colors include a white delta to identify their colors from similar ones. The pink and purple colors were retired after the July 2009 incident. For those that don't remember, in November 2009 Disney put monorail teal into service. Monorail teal was built using the undamaged portion of the two trains pink and purple involved in the July 5th 2009 crash. The 12th train, Peach, was placed into service in September 2011 to restore the resort's fleet back to 12 trains. It was assembled using the undamaged center cars from the purple train, but with new end cars replacing the damaged sections from the pink and purple trains. As far as front cab riding, four guests could ride in the cab. They were offered on a first-come, first-served basis, and a pilot gave out co-pilot licenses at the end of the journey. Front cab riding was suspended indefinitely after the July 5, 2009 crash. Everyone knows the announcement as the doors close on the monorail. One of the most well-known phrases within the resort, it was recorded by Jack Wagner, who was known as the voice of Disneyland. In 1988, following the construction of the Grand Floridian Resort Stop, Kevin Mills replaced Jack Wagner as the voiceover. Wagner can still be heard today as the please stand clear of the doors phrase remains with his voice, partly because it is installed on a separate system. Mills worked in Epcot as part of the Voices of Liberty in the American Adventure Pavilion at World Showcase. Sometime before 1998, Disney employee Matt Hansen replaced Kevin Mills, and in 2004, Hansen was replaced by Joe Hirsch. During the system's early years, the trains featured Wagner's narration of the sights and scenery along the way, as well as information on special events, the resort, and the monorail system itself. Disney monorail workers referred to these narrations as spiels. On April 13, 2012, at around 5 o'clock Eastern Time, Disney activated a newer version of the spiel on the monorails that features Tom Kane as his new narrator and our special guest on this episode. Our next question is from Amelia Arquette of Houston, Texas, and she writes, Aaron of the D-Team, I've been thinking about the official albums of the parks. Been collecting them for years. Do they still release an official album every year? I feel I didn't see one for 2017 last time I was there. Also, is there a place to get full ride-through audio anywhere to purchase? Thanks. Disney has so much great music. The official albums, however, are not released every year. In fact, the last one was released in 2013. Now, Disney is always releasing music, so you never know when a new CD with park music or parades or fireworks might pop up. As far as the ride-through audio, they have released for The Haunted Mansion, Jungle Cruise, Pirates of the Caribbean, and The Enchanted Tiki Room. These are available on Amazon. But I think your best bet on some great ride-through audio and video is YouTube. There you can find current and former attractions with some amazing binaural audio. Well, our final question this week is from Frank from New Jersey, and he writes, Diz Radio, great show, and wanted to take a moment to let you know how wonderful it is. 
It is so different and unique, and the guests are amazing. I can't believe it took me this long to find it. Wish I had in 2010. My question is about The Clone Wars. I love the series and know it is on Netflix now, but who really created the series? Does that fall under Disney, or is that still a straight Lucasfilm creation, and Rebels is Disney? Thanks for the clarification. Well, Star Wars The Clone Wars was created by George Lucas and produced by Lucasfilm Animation with the division Lucasfilm Animation Singapore, Lucasfilm, and CGCG Inc. The series debuted on Cartoon Network on October 3rd, 2008. It is set in the Star Wars galaxy during three years between the prequel films Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, the same time period as the previous 2003 TV series Star Wars Clone Wars. It seems once Disney acquired the Star Wars Galaxy in 2012, they started winding down Clone Wars in Season 5, but thankfully they released Season 6 on Netflix to wrap up some storylines. Star Wars Rebels started in 2014, well under the Disney umbrella with its story beginning 14 years after Star Wars Episode 3 Revenge of the Sith and 5 years before Star Wars Episode 4 A New Hope. Rebels takes place during an era when the Galactic Empire is securing its grip on the galaxy. Imperial forces are hunting down the last of the Jedi Knights while a fledgling rebellion against the Empire is taking form. Now, I love both these shows, and I'm sad that Rebels is in its final season, but I'm hopeful of a new animated series. Well, D-Heads, that concludes another installment of I Want to Know. Thanks for the great questions and keep them coming. Send all your questions or comments to Aaron, E-R-I-N, at DizRadio.com. Make sure to include your name and city so I can give you credit. And remember, D-Heads, laughter is timeless. Imagination has no age, and dreams are forever. We'll see you next week, D-Heads. Bronco fell on him 
Time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. On the run, the upstart Rebel Alliance is caught in a desperate struggle to survive. The vindictive empire will stop at nothing to end their bold insurrection dead in its tracks. There has been a groundswell of support for the rebellion since the Battle of Yavin, but without the backing of the now disbanded Senate, their revolution hangs precariously in the balance. Princess Leia Organa, determined to match the military might of the empire, has dispatched a covert team led by Han Solo and Luke Skywalker on a daring raid of an Imperial munitions vessel orbiting the moon of Shandor. This is Dominic and welcome to another edition of Disney Short Leash. If you're new to the segment, a short leash isn't a leather bar's idea of black tie formal wear. No, a short leash is a series of tips for people to get the most out of their Walt Disney World vacation when they're short on time or short on money. With any luck, you may be able to try some of these suggestions and quite possibly do as much, if not more, than someone vacationing with a greater amount of time or a larger budget. This week, I have brought in a special guest, my unbelievably attractive and wonderful wife, because Walt Disney World Today, a website they're reporting that starting october 1st 2017 the magic kingdom will be launching an all-new tour called taste of the magic kingdom which sounds like you lick the park i don't yeah, know it's, it's not okay while details are scarce right now the new paid tour will take guests on a culinary tour through popular snacks and dishes of the park disney is expected to announce the tour and the details sometime in the next month so they're real short on any real information but apparently there's going to be a tour of food, which made me immediately think of you. 
Aww. I know, because before we used to plan vacation around fast passes, we planned parks around dinner reservations. Yeah, we just basically, yeah. you told us where we were eating, and that's what we uh, ended right. up doing for the rest of the day. So, if yeah. anybody could come up with a food tour before Disney does, you're going to scoop them. So, if you were to come up with a tour mm. of food, yeah, what would it be? It would not be the Magic Kingdom. I didn't think it would be. Why would you ever do that? Is your least favorite place to eat? I don't even want to eat in there. No. <laughs> I go out of the park. You hop on the monorail and, and go eat at resort. resorts. All right. So, you, so, so where would so, it be? Yeah. Well, they've already done Epcot with all of the taste of everything. Done to death. Drink the yeah, world. Drink all that. the world. Whatever the world. Yeah. Enough with the world. So I thought. Food and wine. Uh, yeah. Wine and flowers. Wine flowers, and flowers and food. Running with. Uh, running whatever. with the bulls. Yeah, <laughs> So, I went Hollywood Studios. Let's go. All right. The uh, first one that pops up is Primetime Cafe. <laughs> it's because it's a number. You just get yelled because at by fake relatives. No. <laughs> You're not my real father. Well, better than real relatives. So. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. After an right? hour, they go away. Uh, yeah. Right. You just pay your bill and. <laughs> pay your bill and you're out of. Amazing. You're no longer <laughs> nagged. Exactly. Where was that in so, high school? ever um primetime cafe i picked two entrees that um i think speak a lot about the the place the mom's old-fashioned pot roast with their garlic mashed potatoes and julienne carrots and celery everything's so wonderful and it's perfect okay the other one was cousin megan's traditional meatloaf i don't know about you but everybody else is like meatloaf grown yes not this one yeah you this get, one is you get yelled at by fake relatives good. to eat food you didn't want no, but it's so good. That's why I'm saying taste them. Taste them because these are good versions of the crappy food that you have at home. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I got to admit, I really love their uh, fried chicken. Yeah. Drinks wise, they have a peanut butter and jelly milkshake. Yes, I've had it. It's awesome. And yeah, I mean, that's the place to get it. Ask them to cut the crust off. Stop it. Get stuck in the straw. <laughs> Uh, okay, so then there's two alcoholic drinks that you can get. One is Grandma's Picnic Bunch. God, that would be awesome. Oh. <laughs> if like, the relative was the alcoholic was... uncle that served you. It's like, oh my gosh. Grandma concocted a wonderful drink for the family picnic. It's got vodka, it's got schnapps, it's got <laughs> Grandma needs lemonade. a 12-step program. She definitely needs some help. But I mean, you know, she's on her last leg and such. So yeah, she can do what she she's wants. morning grandpa. Yes. She Just trying to get through the hours. She can do what she wants. <laughs> um, then there's also the Maui Wowie. And this is one that Dad brought back from the Pacific. Oh, there's, and, a, there's a story behind oh, Everything there's a story behind You know what? If you're going on a tour, I bet they would tell you the story Dude, of the food. Absolutely. There's a story behind everything. I, um, I can see that wait. happening. I will no longer make fun of how ridiculous no, that no, is. No, no, no. There's a story. Everything is themed. Mm -hmm. Everything's themed. So Dad brought this drink back from the Pacific. Parrot Bay, coconut rum, melon liqueur, peach schnapps. I'm telling you, this one's going to get you through the day. Hollywood Brown Derby. I picked two tasting dishes and then a dessert. Lamb two ways to get the taste of a rack of lamb. Crispy lamb belly, belly with pasta with mushrooms. Goat cheese, roasted lamb coolie. The other one was the sweet Brentwood corn soup, which you love. I love the corn soup. You love. That is on my tour. That's it. The other one, they have a drink version. It they have a drink version of the corn? Of the corn. The dessert that I'm <laughs> going to tell you, a, you about. Some canned corn. <laughs> 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 Put it in a glass here. Hey, chug it. 
No, um, this one is the Brown Derby Original Mini Grapefruit Cake. It's they actually have a, a drinkable cake? <laughs> it's a, uh, it's like a martini, a grapefruit martini. Love it. What's next? Brown Derby Lounge, also on the tour. <laughs> so you just step outside and eat some more. Yeah. We have nothing to do there but eat. Some, like like, the, like, a, a, like a rugby team on a mountain. Oh, <laughs> nothing yes. to do but eat. Here's the left leg. And <laughs> Go ahead. So this is a the small plate is yes. the Derby sliders. I love them. And the Wagyu beef. Yeah. I still don't know what a Wagyu is, but it is delicious. <laughs> there are plenty of places in the park to get a hamburger. Yes, but how many is made out of Wagyu? None. I gotta Zero go back places. on the Kilimanjaro <laughs> Safari to find a Wagyu. Oh my gosh. You're like, oh, that's him. You're so terrible. He's yummy. <laughs> and you're gonna just take him home. No, I'm order him. <laughs> You're gonna order him. You'll be like, you that one. Yeah, order him off the safari. <laughs> um, also, because it's my thing, you have to get the cheese plate, and it's not just the cheese plate. They they call it the artisanal cheeses and charcuterie. There are no other cheese plates in this park that beat it. Well, couldn't you order the cheese plate over at Cinderella's Royal Table? If you like craft singles. <laughs> Mama Melrose Saltabuco. I love it. Pork tenderloin chopped with prosciutto. It is incredible. The lemon caper sauce. Holy crap. If I could bottle that and just drink it all the way home. Mm -hmm. Don't don't judge me. It's really, <laughs> really good. Sweet. Oasis Canteen. Yes. This picture of this funnel cake with strawberry topping and vanilla soft serve. Pair that with a root beer float. I'm in. You're on ninth meal. By the time of this, we're going to need to be wheeled out of the park. You'll be installed as Jabba the Hutt <laughs> in the upcoming Star Wars land. <laughs> okay, Rosie's All-American Cafe. They have fried green tomato sandwiches. Great. Sci-fi dine-in theater. Woohoo! That's my jam. That's right. Fried dill pickles. And you're, and you're in the backseat of a car with a, with a... With my a, handsome man. That's right. You look and you, you look at what's going to be for dessert. Warm glazed donuts. Min and Bill's Dockside Diner. And they have loaded chili cheese nachos. Uh, all right. Oh, I'm down. Fairfax Fair. Um, I put this on the tour because I don't remember anywhere else that has beef empanadas. So I threw those on there because cilantro, rice, black beans, tomato corn, salsa, and anything you throw sour cream on, I'm going to down. Okay, so I felt like we were not snacky enough. Are you serious? I am. So we went. I went back and did Anaheim Produce. Okay. Okay. And no, I didn't pick any produce because that's What stupid. did you go for? Uh, a Mickey pretzel. Alright. You gotta get a Mickey pretzel. Sure. At the produce place. At the produce Couldn't, place. Can't get that anywhere else. One place that I almost left off because I never really liked it at all. Mm -hmm. Backlot Express. I looked it all up and dude, there are dark side chicken and waffles. They have Darth Vader waffles. Darth Vader waffles. Darth Vader waffles. Is it just burned to a crisp? No, that's funny. <laughs> the missing parts. No, is it all? Is it like horribly emo? <laughs> no, it's got like his little helmet face in there. <laughs> okay. All right, Hollywood and Vine. Oh wow, it's unending. It really is. I. I was surprised. That's why I was like, are you sure this is a short leash thing? It's a, maybe not. Welcome to Disney's Long Haul. <laughs> where we My eat God, for days. She's never coming back. Yeah. <laughs> Hollywood and Vine is a character eating place. Oh my God, they serve the characters? Yeah. That's horrific. And like, poor Minnie. 
Oh no! That's why she's Minnie. <laughs> she used to be Maxie. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, Hollywood and Vine, the entree I would throw in there is lobster and shrimp mac and cheese. Neat. Yeah. Yeah, that's the tour. Yeah, that's my tour. All right, so there's 12 restaurants, there's mm -hmm. 18 dishes on your list. We're a family of five, that's everybody buying like three and some change. With, yeah. some, with some remainders. Would you do that for a day? Yeah. You'd eat the day. Oh, would I eat the day? Would you eat the day? That'd be my favorite day of the year. So that would be a good short leash day. That'd be a great short leash day. Uh, so there you have it, folks. Eating your way through Hollywood Studios <laughs> in 12 restaurants or so. Yeah. Well, that's that could be short leash, people. I hope you enjoyed the tip. I do have an official Diz Radio email, so I'd love to hear from you with a hi, some questions, suggestions, or even your own short leash tips at Dominic at DizRadio.com. That's D-O-M-E-N-I-C at DizRadio.com. I also can be found on the internet on Twitter at WDW Plantoons. My wife can be found at Mrs. Plantoons or on YouTube or your favorite podcast apps by searching WDW Plantoons or by visiting Plantoons.com. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening. It's Super Salad, Fries or Biscuits, Extra Olives, Donuts. Know the menu of this venue. Do not be a slow clutch. Get the order right or else the customers will go nuts. Super Salad, Fries or Biscuits, Extra Olives, Donuts. Put by a table 21, some honey for his green peas. Hold the pickles, hold the lettuce, hold the no crust, no sauce, and no cheese. Super salad, fries, or biscuits, extra olives, Jack, please. This job's pretty tough, not as tough as the steak. So even if they tell you that they want some heated cold cuts, or some mustard mixed with custard, which to dip who knows what? The waiter's work is never done. No is no and no buts. Super salad, fries, or biscuits, extra olives, donuts. <laughs> Lights, camera, action. It's time for this week's Disney On Demand special guest. All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blues, Diz Radio, and the Diz Radio Show. And as we continue to bring you all the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney, many times those are ones that play that role, whether you're at the parks, on your small screen, on the big screen, video games, and more. And with us here this week is somebody that's no stranger to any of that. You know him from many things, such as portraying Yoda in Star Wars The Clone Wars, many other tidbits, video games like that, as well as the voice of the monorail. We have none other than Tom Kane here. Welcome to Disney On Demand. Well, glad to be here. It is our pleasure having you on. I mean, your credits continue to impress me. I go through, and you've played part in so many different people's lives. But I guess the one thing I always love to start it off with, and I know my listeners are waiting for this, of course, is what led you down the road of wanting to be a voice actor? Oh, I was uh, the class clown, and now I get paid for it. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, was, uh, I was one of those kids that, you know, today they'd have me... Uh, uh, tanked up to my eyeballs with Adderall or something. I, you know, I was the poster child for ADD. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I funneled it into a, into a, a career, a good outlet, I guess. But, yeah, my first grade teacher, Mrs. Arnold, actually tied me to my chair with jump ropes on, the, on several occasions. <laughs> but uh, I took all that extra energy and uh, turned it into a career. Well, you know, and it's been fully fruitful for you, too, because you've played so many roles in so many different people's lives, going all the way back even to the wild thornberries and so much more. I guess, what was it like when you finally landed that very first voice acting role and you were like, 
This is it. This is what I want to do. It was pretty, uh, pretty exciting. I mean, I, uh, I, I, and it was a little unexpected because I, I moved to Los Angeles uh, from Chicago prior to that, and I knew I wanted to do character voices. Um, that was what I was good at, and it, and it was what I enjoyed. And uh, you know, I got out of college and and uh, worked as a producer for a while, making making TV commercials. And uh, but I, you know, it was real obvious fairly quickly that as as much of a nice career as I was starting out on as a TV commercial producer in Chicago, it it really wasn't exactly what I wanted to do. And there is no there's no other city you can do animation in. It's all in Los Angeles. Um, so. Uh, you know, I uh, I got out there and I got signed by one of the top agencies in town right away, and I started auditioning and landing all kinds of great, you know, promos and movie trailers and and uh, commercials and all that. But I couldn't get arrested in the animation world. Um, I auditioned over and over and over and over and over and over again, and got absolutely nothing. And um, you know, it, 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 I almost sort of gave up on it. I, I just figured, well, maybe there's there's some something that uh, you know I seem to be succeeding at every other area of voiceover work, and I thought well, maybe I'm just not cut out for this. And and uh, you know, I I just stopped uh, almost stopped auditioning. And fortunately, I, I kept at it a couple more times because that was when I, I landed my first uh, couple little. You know, bits and pieces of cartoon work. Actually, the very first cartoon I did was a Disney property. It was a, uh, I believe it was called Prince Valiant. And, uh, I, I don't even remember what part I played, but, uh, you know, for me it was just incredible because I'm sitting there on, on one side of me is, uh, Jim Cummings, who anybody, anybody watches Disney, uh, uh, anything will will know well. He's Winnie the Pooh and he's Tigger and a million other things. And on, on the other side is Corey Burton, who is Frodo uh, and a lot of things. And and uh, you know the uh, the you know, to, to be in that level of company uh, just sort of left me almost speechless. I was like, Good Lord! Um, but that was the first time I really thought, Wow! They, you know, I've been hired to, to work with with this level of level of caliber, you know, this caliber of talent. So maybe I do have some ability to get in the door here. And and then not too long after that, I landed the wild thornberries and I was off and away. Well, you know, and with that too, like you said, it's one of those things where, you know, you kept pushing at it, kept pressing on. And, you know, that's a true testament to anybody who's always looking for that, ah, I'm going to give up and they keep pushing through and then landing the wild thornberries, which continues to be passed on to generations. Even now, people love that who have grown up with that and they show it to their kids. Now, I guess, did you expect it to be as big of a show as it turned out to be? Well, I had a pretty good idea. It would, it was going to be a good show just because it was it was being produced by Klasky Chupo, which at the time was doing Rugrats. And and so that in and of itself told me that it was going to be a good, you know, a good project. But uh, I did not anticipate it, you know, turning into the, the hit it was. I mean, I'm, you know, I, I didn't realize who else was going to be in it. I, I um, you know, I'm sitting there with Tim Curry and, and uh, Jody Carlisle and, and a, a young girl at that time who was just starting out, Lacey Chabert, who was a star of a, a show called Party of Five on ABC, I think it was. But, yeah, it just, it, you know, especially Tim Curry to 
and to sit there and going, wow, I'm doing a, <clears throat> a cartoon with uh, Tim Curry. It must be a pretty good thing. So, but the funny part about that is they um, they didn't originally want the voice I, I did, ended up doing. They had told the agents no British accents because they had already cast Tim Curry as as um, Nigel. So, but I didn't get that message somehow. So I worked up basically Darwin. And and it's clearly a British, you know, character. And I started reading the audition, and I got about two sentences into it, and the director was like, "No, no, 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 no. We 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 said no British." And I'm like, "Oh, okay." And and he said, uh, "Just do the same thing, but without the British." Well, what people don't understand sometimes when you when you have a character is is sometimes you can't separate the character from the dialect. I mean, the best example I can give is two or three times a year, uh, for forever, I get someone saying, "We want, we want John Cleese from Monty Python, but no British accent." Well, that's impossible. You can't do John Cleese without the British accent. It's 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 ridiculous. You know, this is an expert. You know, sorry, uh, and. Uh, so I said, well, okay, and I tried it, and it was horrible, of course, and uh, they were like, okay, thanks. It was that sort of proverbial, yep, next, and uh, I got about three feet from the, the chair I was sitting in, and I turned around, I sat back down, and I said, now, wait a minute. I said, I worked up a voice for this that is so much better than what I just did. Could, would you at least hear it? And they were just like, well, and I said, no, anyway. And I just started barreling forward. I go, well, here, here, listen to this. And I read the couple paragraphs in the voice that is now Darwin, and they started laughing. And they liked the character, and they like, and they go, well, okay, thank you very much. And uh, I left, but at least I left them with a smile on their face this time. And um, sure enough, you know, a couple days later, I get a phone call from my agent saying, uh, congratulations, you got Darwin. And I'm like, you're kidding me. They they like that? And she goes, no, they like the British version. And uh, I'm like, really? So that taught me a lesson really early on. It's like, you know, if, if you really are confident you've got something better, at least let them, you know, let them hear it. Because, you know, that was a great example where they thought they knew exactly what they wanted until they heard something that was actually better. And they, they wanted that. So, um, But, yes, you know, it would be nice to stop playing with the elephants. Johnny, put down my cheese munchies. And the uh, and the funny little secret is it's uh, it's basically the same voice that I've done for all the projects I've done for Lucasfilm as C3PO, except that you know they roboticize it a little bit, um, but it's the same voice. Hello, I'm C3PO, Human Cyborg Relations, and this is my counterpart R2D2. It's very very similar, but uh, uh, only a couple of people ever picked up on that. So. <laughs> Well, you know, and it went on, like you said, to be, you know, memorable. It was exactly what they needed. And you felt that, you know, in your audition, you knew that it was, this is the way to go. And of course, you've been part of many other things as well, from Powerpuff Girls, as well as landing the role of being Yoda in the Clone Wars. Now, I guess, what is it like being part of these franchises that, you know, people love them? And, you know, you, you go to Comic-Cons, you got people dressed up as the Powerpuff Girls. And of course, taking over for Yoda in the Clone Wars, uh, what was it like landing that role and kind of filling some pretty big shoes? Well, that, of course, you know, people ask me what's my favorite character, and it's, it's you know, hands down, it's it's got to be Yoda. Um, just because I'm a Star Wars fan from, you know, 
back from the day it came out, of course. Um, but the, uh, the the thing with Yoda, as I actually started doing it a long time before the Clone Wars, I I did the um, the original Clone Wars series, which was the 2D shorts that Cartoon Network did, that Gendy Tartakovsky uh, uh, directed. And for years before that, <clears throat> I was doing all the uh, all the games and toys and stuff like that. Because what what people don't realize is back you know in the 90s when I started doing uh, uh, Yoda first. They didn't have the technology to, you know, do it from one place and record it in another place. So they would actually have to find Frank Oz wherever he was and arrange for a recording studio, and they would have to then ship a, a reel. You know, uh, this might even have been pre-FedEx. You know, they—I I, don't—you know—they just had to find a way to ship the material, or they had to send a producer out in person to New York City to record and come back with the tape. And it was a real pain in everybody's butt. Well, then Frank became a very successful director. Um, and so they, it got to be impossible. You know, it was like, well, yeah, I can get into a studio in two weeks, you know, or, or a month or whatever. And he was all shooting, I think it was Three Men and a Baby or something else where he was directing. And and they just, he was, they couldn't get him. And I had been doing lots of other Star Wars work as different characters, and, you know, all voiceover people do the same thing. You know, we'll sit down, and if we see a part that says Miss Piggy in front of us or or, or Ariel the Mermaid or whatever, if you're a woman that can sing, and we just can't help it. I mean, if, you know, if Tara Strong uh, sits down in, in front of a script for something and sees the Little Mermaid, she's not going to be able to help herself but go, oh, you know. <laughs> And, uh, of course, in Tara's case, it sounds way better than that. But, uh, you know, and I, so I would see other Star Wars characters when I was working on, on something else for Lucasfilm. And I would read, you know, a few lines of this character and that character. Because for us, that's just playing. You know, it's, it's, it's emulating the people that we look up to. And I didn't know what I was doing. And Dara uh, Alfaro, who was uh, uh, the director at the time, just took the recording up, back up to the ranch plate, and George said, as I recall, it was something along the lines of, yeah, he sounds okay, use him. That was it. <laughs> and that was 22 years ago or something. And I've been doing Yoda ever since. Um, you know, of course, they always try to get Frank to, to do what, what he's able to do, but, you know, he pretty much retired uh, from voiceover work when he started directing movies. Um so I've been I've been almost everything for for Yoda for that period of time and and C3PO I actually started doing 3PO before I did Yoda the same exact story same circumstances I didn't understand that that um, Anthony was unavailable he was in Europe doing something probably some theater and uh, they weren't going to send someone all the way to the UK to pick up you know three lines of C3PO so they. The same exact thing had happened. That's where it actually started was me just goofing around and reading 3PO lines when I was actually being paid to, to do, you know, TIE Fighter Pilot Number 2 or, you know, something like that. I mean, actually, way back in the 90s was doing, um, I mean, I actually was doing uh, uh, Boba Fett for some game back when Boba Fett was, was still uh, British and not New Zealander. 
um, you know, uh, as I was doing it, really, he means a lot to us. You know, you're no good to be dead, that kind of stuff. But, uh, but yeah, it just, uh, you know, I, I did that, and then the same thing happened with Yoda, and I've been doing it ever since. I, I still regularly do work as 3PO, any, anything that Anthony either doesn't want to do or can't do. And, um, you know, it, it, it just keeps going, which and I'm very happy about. And starting last year, um, I started doing uh, Admiral Akbar as well because he, the original actor, died. So um, suddenly I found myself doing, um, you know, the forest moon of Indoor will be in right It's a trap! You know, that, <laughs> all that stuff. <laughs> it's very exciting. But. Well, you know, and like you said, being part of something that is this franchise that you grew up loving as well and watching it as well. And I guess now taking over for some of these roles and like you said, being Yoda for so long, is there one Yoda moment that is still your favorite that you were part of where you're just like, wow, I'm Yoda? Yeah, honestly, the pilot for um, Clone Wars, um, it's still, uh, it's called Ambush. The episode's called Ambush. And it's still, um, in my heart and in, in a lot of fans even, they still think that that performance I did in, in Ambush was was probably the most uh, true to form of of the Yoda stuff that we were able to do in Clone Wars in terms of his personality and uh, and just you know just in general the performance really reminded me and everyone else um, of of the you know Empire Strikes Back Yoda because you know of course Yoda you know changed he changed and evolved as the years went by he. You know, depending on the time period and and what was going on, he was much more serious and much darker. But you know, that one I, we were still we were able to do it very much the fun loving, playful, you know, the Jedi Master that we remember from Empire. So uh, that's still uh, a lot of the people that worked on the show, mine, a lot of the fans. That 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 uh, initial episode was was uh, a really great way to start it out because it it did sound very comfortable and very familiar to to everybody that they, that that was yeah that was Yoda and and it, it was uh it was a uh, very exciting to me to be able to you know I got off I finished recording that and I you know as happens when you work on Star Wars stuff and you're as big a fan as I am you 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 know, you're you're working as hard as you can at the time to make it sound as good as you possibly can, and in that respect, you you know, it's not any different than any other job. But at the same time, it's also this iconic character that you don't want to screw up because you know it's not it's not something I invented. I'm a you know I'm a caretaker of that voice, and someday I won't be doing it, and someone else will, and hopefully they'll they'll approach it with the same reverence that that I did and and uh, and 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 try to do the best job they can to to bring that character to life as though it was a living breathing you know person so yeah there you know you do get done with something like that and, and you do step back and go wow I just did something that has Lucasfilm limited at the front of it and and uh millions and millions of people are going to hear this and hopefully like it so it's you know it it feels you know, at that moment when you're doing it, it doesn't feel like a job. It feels like you're, you've been really entrusted with something valuable. 
Well, definitely. You know, and with that too, like you said, being entrusted with something valuable, another thing that you are part of, something that all of us Disney fans, because you've been part of so many different Disney f- projects out there over the years, but of course, one of them gets thousands and thousands and thousands of listens every day. And that was taking over for the monorail. I guess, one, how did you get attached to that? And what was it like saying, all right, I'm going in and I'm narrating something that even though it is just a transportation means, it's kind of a traction of its own for everybody's experience at the parks? Well, I didn't realize, honestly, how big a deal that was. I'm, I'm, you know, because of the the connection I had with uh, Walt Disney World through the Star Wars weekends. I think I went there six times, uh, six years uh, for Star Wars weekends. And so, of course, I was doing all the announcing for that because they wanted the same voice that uh, I did as I'm also the opening narrator of Clone Wars. The, uh, you know, Empire of War as the planet rival falls under attack. Jedi Master Anakin Skywalker and his Padawan Ahsoka Tano, you know, that kind of thing. And they wanted that same voice to, to, um, to announce all the the stuff that was related to Star Wars weekends because it would be familiar to the fans. Well, just as happens, you know, when this this sort of thing goes uh, along, they they started going, oh wow, this guy does all these different voices and he's all these characters that he's done for Lucasfilm. They started using me for some of the rides. Um, I did stuff as Yoda and and I think three P three PO and Akbar and. Over the years, I've, I've done a bunch of the uh, the work on the rides that are there and, and some that are coming up that aren't open yet, of course. And and then they that you know they found out that I also was just a regular announcer that didn't sound like anything you know other than just a regular guy telling you that something's going to happen in five minutes. So then I started being the park guy and uh, down in Florida where you, when you walked in you'd hear you know ladies and gentlemen boys and girls welcome to Disney World you know that kind of thing and then they needed me to pick up just it was almost, I think it was almost like an emergency basis they had some change to the buses I believe and just and I was there and I was doing other things and they're like well can can we get you to re- read this stuff just because we need it right away well, they, somebody, they, you know, they ended up deciding they liked that voice, and someone had a meeting and, you know, just started talking, and they like, guys, we like that better. And then I get a phone call from my agent saying, yeah, they want you to record some more park stuff. And I didn't realize what it was until I got to, you know, the session, and it, I'm like, this is the monorail. And they're like, well, yeah, you're going to be the new voice of the monorail. I was like, you know, so I went, okay, you know, so uh, that that's uh, that's where they came from again. And you'd be, people are amazed, I think, when I tell them that that's really common. That's how this sort of stuff works because, you know, on one side you've got people like, you know, all these other, you know, Tom Kinney and Billy West and and Jim Cummings and these, you know, they all do a ton of different voices and and. Uh, you know they know you and and they they need something so they work with someone they know you know they just they don't want to hold auditions if they they know that you know if Tara or or EG or somebody you know does does a voice that they know they want and they know it's the right voice they're not going to have auditions and and keep looking when they found what they need because it's just a waste of everyone's time so you know they're just like oh Tom will do that let Tom do it so, 
Somebody actually, it's, a, it's an exaggeration, but one of the uh, executives down at Disney World said, yeah, we kind of refer to you as the voice of the park now because I'm on probably half a dozen or, or more rides, um, six or eight rides. I'm the buses, I'm the monorail, I'm special announcements. I'm on two or three of the now, now the, uh, the special narrations they have with the fireworks spectacular uh, for Star Wars, and there's a and then there's another uh, again I can't something I'm not supposed to talk about for the gimme the okay, but there's an upcoming very large, wonderful, amazing show that will be happening uh, later in the year that's replacing some other shows, and uh, I'm the announcer for that as well. So, um, so it you know there's a they they uh, they said it's been a very long time since they've they've had anybody you know uh, that's done as much stuff in the park as I have, which is why they're jokingly refer to me as the voice of the park because you'd have to go back to the 1950s or 60s to find a single guy that's on as many different things as I am uh, with Disney, and, and now it's expanded to Disney Europe and and. Um, Disney Asia. I've done a number of projects that have gone uh, to California, to Disneyland, and and various things. So hopefully it keeps going because that's very exciting when I get to do it. So. <laughs> well, but, and like uh, you said, but uh, yeah, but you know, let's, but let's be honest. You know, Yoda is my you know, but you're an actor, you have found, or at least his voice. Yes, you know, that's that's still going to be my favorite. <laughs> well, you know, with being uh, with being the voice of the park, though, um, are you still like amazed that the monorail is such an attraction? Of all the things you've done for the parks, people just they love the monorail. They wear monorail shirts, and that is kind of the thing that uh, you know is kind of an attraction of its own. Does that still take you back sometimes? That you're like, uh, well, no, it is. Well, but again, that's the magic of Disney that they can take something as mundane as as a, a a way to get you from point A to point B in the park and and have created something that just by itself as you say is an attraction i mean that's that's one of the things that you know i maybe in 20 or 30 years when uh, you know elon musk has versions of the, the the monorail that's going between cities maybe a future generation will think well okay that's that's not that big a deal um, because they'll grow up with it, just like kids are growing up with cell phones today. And, you know, if you showed someone an Apple iPhone back when the monorail was built, they, you know, the government would have you in some rubber room somewhere asking what planet you were from. Well, that's kind of the way the monorail was for people of my age. You know, when it when it came out and I first saw it when I was like nine years old, that to me looked like the future. That was that was exactly what Walt intended. It, you know, for kids back in the day, we looked at it, something that actually looked like it was the real McCoy out of a space sci-fi movie, you know, it, and it, was, it wasn't it was a special effect. You could climb on it and go. And uh, so, yes, it was an attraction, and, and it still is. And uh, and to be, you know, they didn't, you know, back in the day, they didn't have T-shirts with it on there and stuff, but uh, they do now, as you say. It's, it's become... Um, it's become such an iconic part of the park uh, in Florida that I, I can't imagine them ever getting rid of it. Uh, it just, you know, it may it, it someday that that thing is going to be 50, 60 years old, and they may update it. It, it may eventually turn into uh, you know a magnetic levitation version, like like Musk is uh, designing right now. But uh, 
you know, they make no bones about it. The, the guys that are working on these new Hyperloop uh, trains that will go 700 miles an hour and, and are magnetic levitation, and they tested one the other day that's a prototype for the first time and only went a mile and a half. But if you look at this thing, it's the monorail. I, I just saw it the other day uh, on an Internet article. I, the first thing that you think of when you look at it is that's the monorail. It's the first car of the monorail, and it is. And they make no bones about it. The people that are working on this project, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, we, we, we saw the prototype for this when we were children at Walt Disney World. It's just trying to make it work at 700 miles an hour. Well, we know that, you know, you have a lot of different things that you've been part of over the years, from the parks to television shows, countless video games, so many other things. I guess, you know, we don't want to keep you too long because we know you're busy, but when you are in the studio and you're recording and things like that, how many things just hit the cutting room floor just because of hijinks, internal jokes? You know, is there those? Is there one moment where you were recording and you're like, that is never going to air, but it's something I'm always going to remember? That has happened a few times. Um, um, almost all of them with uh, uh, Seth Green um, <laughs> working on, like, uh, Robot Chicken Star Wars or uh, Droid Tales or, you know, things where... where uh, they managed to get George to approve something that no one ever thought would would work. Because um, George is very, very has always been very protective of Yoda. Um, I'm, it's his favorite character um, in his vast <laughs> creation library, um, and that's why he keeps uh, has always kept Yoda very secretive. You don't know where he's from. You don't know his background. You don't know anything about his past. Um, you know, he's 900 years old, but George has revealed nothing about this character other than what you've seen in the movies. So, and even I, you know, I've asked him point blank to his face about a couple of things like, well, is this, that, and he'll just smile at me and go, well, you just, you do what you think is right. And if I don't correct it, then I guess it's okay. <laughs> But he was just very like, I'm not telling any, I'm not giving any hints. You just do what you think is right. And, um, but yes, there was uh, one thing in particular that we recorded for Robot Chicken. I, I'm pretty sure it was Robot Chicken. And uh, I was like, this is not going to fly. There's, and sure enough, uh, it's one of the few things that George picked up his big red pencil and drew an X through and said, uh uh-uh, uh, this scene is not going into the public arena. But, uh, but yeah, it's uh, it was one of those things where I, I, I did ultimately prove to be correct because we did have to record a different uh, skit uh, because it was uh, he thought it was it was too uh, contemporary America issues about C three PO and R two D two so it was it was like no that's bringing it too close to reality so we'll just stop that so anyway then I'll leave it to your imagination as to what that was so. well we know you're busy so many different things coming up you know a lot of projects that you probably can't talk about as yet but for all of your fans listening in people that you've played a part in their lives whether that was powerpuff girls wild thornberries uh the clone wars being part of the disney parks the monorail video games so many other things for all your fans fans of tom out there is there any final words you'd like to leave out there for everybody listening in oh well you know i'm just as grateful as i can be that I've been able to be a part of it. Um, I have met tens of thousands of people that are 
as big a fan of Disney and Star Wars and, and the other stuff I've worked on, uh, bigger fans than I am. And and just to be able to say I'm a part of it is just, you know, I, I still feel a, it's a little surreal when I'm, I do these things. And I'm just like, how did the boy from Kansas end up here? You know, I feel a little bit like uh, Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz waking up there and going, how did I get here? But, uh, yeah, it just, uh, I can't, I can't express how honored I am to, to have been allowed to, to play in, in this universe that, uh, is not so very far away. Uh, but it, it just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a kid from Overland Park, Kansas, and, uh, I found myself growing friends with, uh, you know, the entire original cast of Star Wars and, and, um, and, and Disney characters that, uh, you know, uh, you know, I, when when uh, you know uh, uh, the voice of Goofy comes through uh, Kansas City occasionally because he has family that lives out in Pratt, Kansas, he'll stop by and with his wife and, and we'll say hi. And I'm just like, uh, you know, Goofy's in my in my kitchen. You know, he's been <laughs> like, how, how the heck did that happen? Well, gosh, you know, but. Uh, yeah, it's just great. I, I just, I'm a kid in a candy store. It's just too much fun. <laughs> well, it was our pleasure having you stop in, chat with us, take this trip down memory lane into the future. And of course, you know, playing that part in so many people's lives, you know, them growing up, playing these parts, these pivotal roles that people grow up, they watch these things and it sticks with them for years and years and they pass it on to their families just like I pass on things to all for my kids. So thank you once again, Tom, for stopping in, chatting with us. And of course, for all the memories and the memories that are yet to come. Appreciate that you, and always will. Search the force and proceed as I have. Yeah. So what I believe you were trying to say is thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. What? No, no, no. I, I didn't. What? What? Okay, I... okay. I feel what's happening here. You're face to face with greatness, and it's strange. You don't even know how you feel. It's adorable. What's well, nice to see Padawans never change Trust in the Force, let's begin Yes, it's really me, Skywalker, breathe it in I know it's a lot, the hand, the sight When you're staring at a Jedi Knight So what can I say except you're welcome For that Death Star I blew from the sky Hey, it's okay, it's okay, you're welcome just an ordinary Jedi Hey! What has two thumbs and stopped the dark side When you were waddling gay high This guy When Solo froze cold Who stopped the rancor down below You're looking at him, yo Oh, also I met Obi-Wan Kenobi Plus turns out I'm Darth Vader's son Brought the Empire to its knees You're welcome Just don't mention me Please. So what can I say except you're welcome For that saber you got thanks to me The force that'll guide your way You're welcome Hey, that's how it goes when you're a prodigy You're welcome You're welcome Welcome to think of it Great on his 
Honestly, I could go on and on. I could explain even dumb midichlorians. Guiding a missile as tricky as that. Nothing if you can bullseye a womp rat. I killed a tauntaun. I slept in its guts. Kissed my own sister, which was kind of nuts. What's the lesson? What is the takeaway? Do or do not, because there is no try anyway. And the legend they tell of my life is an epic of heroes and strife. Me and the force, we make everything happen. Look at R2 and 3PO. Just tip the tapping, 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 tapping. Hey, 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 hey. Well, anyway, let me say. Time for the Jedi to end. Now on Diz Radio, it's Randy giving you the latest news on Disney's multimedia. Randy has you covered giving you the latest news on what's happening at the Walt Disney Company. Now on DizRadio.com. Just a few years ago, a lot of people were just talking about the virtual reality and how that's going to be incorporated into theme parks. Well, let's go ahead and jump in a few years forward, and now we have. Just for example, um, Six Flags theme parks are having their virtual reality headsets based on Google Gear headsets to allow them to experience this new virtual reality environment on a roller coaster. And that's only the tip of the iceberg. Many are getting to the virtual reality where adding glasses to see virtual reality right in, right in front of them where they're in this room. You can walk around as a first person not shooter, but you know, get an idea. You're walking into this world where you're going to be in in virtual reality enhanced experience. Maybe an example, maybe Universal Mario World. We could see that as a virtual reality to bring Mario to life, and that's just you know that's the other dark park. But <laughs> moving on, virtual reality seems to be going toward a newer way of experiences that we're all looking forward to enjoy in the future. Moving on, Disney is working on a new way to add the virtual reality real-time experience by maybe a magical bench. Yes, you heard it, a magical bench where you can just walk up in a special design area where you can be featured by talking to your one of your favorite Disney characters. Now this is going to be a little bit different but so far Disney research has shown that using a real-time computer, virtual reality, Disney-fied characters that we all love to enjoy. Maybe one example is Stitch or maybe Minnie Mouse will be just sitting on the, the, the bench beside you. Though the characters participants will be interacting real-time Though you may will be able to hear them, touch, even get a chance to feel their vibrations uh, based on what type of object that may be given to you. For example, there is a feature on YouTube that you can give a little an idea of how this environment will work. Now Disney is still testing out the kinks, but we're just getting an idea of a, just a night way of how we can bring our characters to life instead of seeing a costume eyes character maybe we'll be seeing another version of it by stitch um, stitch live interaction like they have over in disney uh, japan 
that's another fun way of big stitch is huge over in that area maybe we'll see over maybe in disneyland the wonderful mickey mouse himself sitting next to a park bench and you can get a chance to talk with him interact with him maybe hear some jokes all along by sitting on the, a magical bench in a Disney-fied area in Disneyland. So what's your thoughts? Will you be able to check it out over at Disneyland and maybe sit on the park bench? And who knows, Goofy might be there, Stitch, maybe Minnie Mouse, or many other Disney characters may come along and sit right next to you. Hear you what you want to talk about based on the conversations and all the wonderful ways of how Disney will bring the magic to life. I'm looking forward to this. This is kind of cool. Who knows? We'll maybe see a Disneyland Shanghai, maybe Disney World, Disneyland, or maybe even at Disney Alani Resort in Hawaii. I'm looking forward to this. This is pretty cool. What's your thoughts? Have you ever have an idea of possibly virtual reality would be coming to the theme parks? Do you think the virtual reality is getting overwhelmed or do you think that's going to be kind of a new way of adding the fun magic elements to the Disney parks? Well, this is Randy signing out for Disney Multimedia. I would love to hear your feedback. Drop me a line. You can send me an email at randy at disradio.com. That's again, R-A-N-D-Y at D-I-Z. R-A-I-O dot C-O-M. Yes, Randy at thisradio.com. What's your thoughts? Show me your feedback. And maybe you'll be able to hear your question on the air. Or maybe gaming tips. Well, this is Randy signing off for Disney Multimedia. Be sure to keep your eyes, ears, and senses alerted with the latest Disney Multimedia around you. Until then... Maybe I'll be talking to you on the magical bench somewhere at the Disney parks. Until then, see you next time. Classic. Now the adventure continues in a brand new world premiere movie coming only to video. Pocahontas 2, Journey to a New World. It's a new epic chapter from the Pocahontas legacy as Pocahontas and her friends embark on a fun-filled adventure in the new world of England, where they'll meet new friends and fight for the future of her people. It's an unforgettable new story with all your favorite characters from the original movie and five great new songs. Pocahontas 2, Journey to a New World, a brand new world premiere movie, only on video, summer 1998. Hey there, D-Heads. Pantry with an all-new Magical Music Review. Before we get started, I just want to say a quick hello and welcome to our newest members of the D-Team, Trisha and Dawn. About time I got some more sisters in this family. Though my brothers know I do love them so. As I was browsing my Disney music library, figuring out what music to pull out this month, I stopped at a shelf full of music that doesn't always get selected when people are looking for a Disney movie to rewatch: Animated Disney sequels. To be fair, each sequel released has had a very successful first to measure up to, and while not everyone has come quite up to the bar, some have still given us fun and enjoyable soundtracks to enjoy. 
I put out a survey on the DY the past few weeks to gauge popularity of four of the more well-known animated sequels, and this month we are going to take a look at those soundtracks, starting with number four and working our way up to number one. This week we are headed to London, with music by Lenny Niehaus, Blaise Tosti, Stacey Wildites, Larry Grossman, and Marty Panzer. Disney brought audiences a new story with Pocahontas, Miko, Flit, and Percy in Pocahontas 2 Journey to a New World. Pocahontas and her friends travel to London, England to meet with King James I to talk about the relations between their two people. What could go wrong? You'd think nothing, except the king's ear is being held by Ratcliffe, who has it out for Pocahontas and the Powhatans. I have our songs all queued up and ready to go, so follow me as we journey to London to take a look at the 1998 soundtrack for Pocahontas 2 Journey to a New World. With almost the entire main voice cast returning, Disney made sure to bring back Judy Kuhn, the singing voice of Pocahontas. Pocahontas brought the audience our first new song as a solo, entitled Where Do I Go From Here? A ballad full of emotion, Pocahontas sings of the changes that come from the different seasons of life, and while some know what to do with these changes, she is at a loss of where to turn with the most recent change in her life, the apparent death of John Smith. Outside of a final crescendo for the last chorus, the song stays mainly in the mezzo-piano-mezzo-forte range of dynamics. Featuring woodwinds primarily in the instrumentation, the song provides the audience with a new ballad for our Indian princess. The earth is cold, the fields are bare, the branches fold against the wind that's everywhere. The birds move on so they survive, when snow's so deep the bears all sleep to keep themselves alive. They do what they must for now and trust in their plan. If I trust in mine somehow, I might find who I am. But where do I go from here? So many voices ringing in my ear. Which is the voice? That I was meant to hear How will I know Where do I go From here My world has changed And so have I I've learned to choose And even learned to say goodbye the path ahead, so hard to see It winds and bends, but where it ends Depends on only me In my heart I don't feel part of so much I've known Now it seems it's time to start a new Our grand ensemble number comes shortly after Pocahontas arrives in London, like maybe two minutes after. 
What a Day in London is sung by Pocahontas and the Citizens of London. The lyrics describe a day in the city and what goes on, such as the school bells chiming, the upper crust lying fast asleep, and the shops getting stocked. It also describes the people's first impressions of Pocahontas as she describes what she sees and thinks of her first moments in London, a city she's been wanting to see since John Smith described it to her. The song starts on the softer side as the city begins to wake up before picking up with a more full instrumentation and forte dynamic as the city goes into full swing and the Londoners go about their day as Pocahontas starts to explore. The sun comes up, the lamps go down, the day begins in London town. There's tea to brew, and buns to bike, and, and some, some who just refuse to work. While shops are stocked and flocks are fed, the midnight men drift home to bed. School bells chime and church bells ring, children whine, can they sing? What a day in London, come and see and hear. to slop and fish to get it ain't exactly Evan Bar we thank the Lord and kiss the ground for bed and board in London town the upper crust lie fast asleep but some of us got floors to sweep one, one day's, day's like the day before I'll comply if there's no war what a day in London everything's for sale carriages and condensed <gasps> look up who's that it's not a tree, it's moving, see? A grief, what can it be? Look there, I swear, she's flying through the air. She must be wild. She's just a child. I wish I had her. My heart is pounding like a drum. I can't believe my eyes. In London, people seem to come in every shape and size. So many paths, I wonder how they find their way. So many signs, I wonder what they really say. London is everything I've heard and more. London is nothing like I've seen before. Music and feathered hats and roofs that shine with flags flying higher than a pine. She seems so sweet, she means us well. Size 20 feet! How can you tell? We'll rue this day, you wait and see. What is to be or not to be? How do they build their huts so tall? Can this be all one tribe? The things they sell, the things I smell, I never could describe. These cakes taste just like berries picked this very day. The sound a river makes still takes my breath away. London's as busy as a hive of bees. Grandmother Willow would just love these trees. Crowded and loud, but so exciting too. With colors I never even knew. What a day in London, Except a girl with someone, maybe ten feet tall. This day's become a day no one is likely to forget. A day we'll all remember as the day to burn to death. Such beauty's rare and quite impressive. Much mustn't stare, she's barely dressed. The strength of ten, that's what I've heard. One the men just take my word. A brave young thing to fetch an ear. It will be an adventure, dear. Perhaps I'm rude to quench your thirst. Not with you, I saw her first. What a day in London. Peace.
Now the real major cast difference in this film had nothing to do with whether or not the original voice artist came back. It had to do with the addition of a new character, Pocahontas' real-life husband, John Rolfe. Assuming the role of the leading man from John Smith, the characters of Pocahontas and Rolf end up together as well, giving us the final ballad of the film that plays as the two sail off towards Virginia and the credits roll. Between Two Worlds is sung by Judy Kuhn and the voice of Rolf Billy Zane. As two people that fall in love from two different worlds, Pocahontas and John sing of bridging the distance between their respective worlds, bringing them together as one. Disney's next power ballad? Maybe not. But it is still a good song to come from a sequel soundtrack. Too hopeful hearts, two lands apart. Together there's no end to what a dream can start. Like two eagles soar as one upon the river of the wind. With the promise of forever, we will take the past and learn how to begin. And we'll build a bridge of love between two. Every kiss will promise this. We'll find a way to light the dawn of all we wish. Across the stream of stars, we'll reach an island in the sky. With the moon to guide our way, I know that we can find a home for you and I. And we'll build a bridge of love between two worlds. Miles and miles away, though the journey takes us far, our love has found a place to stay. If we Wide enough to keep us from our destiny Like the snows of every winter melt and blossom into spring As the seasons pass we'll live as one No matter what And with that our time is up for the week Thanks for sticking around for another Magical Music Review And for coming back to Diz Radio every week Without all of you, we have no show. If you have any comments, suggestions, or questions, Disney music or otherwise, please never hesitate to email me or any of the D-Team at our show emails on the official website. It's real simple. Just take the first name of the team member you want to reach and add at disradio.com. Have a wonderful rest of your week, D-Heads, and until next time, see ya! Between two Hey, D-Heads, you're listening to Disney On Demand. Wow, it's dark in here. Wow.
Taking you on those magical journeys from your lifetime of Disney. Kari, Kari McKean. It's like Kari only with a K instead of a C and an A instead of an E and only one R and an I instead of an I. It's Disney On Demand. Well, it started out like any normal sitting gig, you know, with the reassuring of the parent and all. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. I just wish I could forget the whole thing. You will, kid. You will. All right, so I am back, and I hope you enjoyed this week's show. It was a fantastic romp into the future, into the past, around the monorail, and so much more. And I want to extend a very special thank you once again to the very talented Tom Kane for stopping in here this week, chatting with all of us. And you have played a part in so many people's experiences and lives from the monorail, Yoda, and so much more. And I know that we are going to be hearing more from you in the upcoming years and many other places. Thank you once again, Tom, for taking that time out of your schedule and chatting with all of us here at the show. I'd also like to thank the D-Team. Yes, without the D-Team, there'd be nothing more than me talking every single week, and that could get old really fast. So thank you, Aaron, Paige, Dominic, and Randy, stopping in here this week with your signature segments, adding that magic and fun for all the D-Heads. And remember, if you want to connect up with the D-Team, all you have to do is go to the D-Team page on our official website, and everybody's email is right there for you to drop them a line, chat with them. They won't bite. They might even sprinkle some pixie dust all over you to help you fly. And finally, thank you, the D-Heads. Without you, there would be no show. You are the reason we've been coming back at you for almost eight years. That's right, since 2010, you're the reason that we come back every single week and bring you the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney. So thank you, the D-Heads, for stopping in, adding the magic, and allowing us to bring this magic to you every single week. Now, next week, we have another very special guest stopping in, somebody that I am excited to bring to you, somebody that uh, goes back to my childhood, and I am excited for it. But before I clue you in as to who's going to be stopping in, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show, and that first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at dizradio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete podcast archives, our latest news blogs, and more right there on our official website at dizradio.com, D-I-Z Radio. You can connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at facebook.com slash dizradioshow. That's D-I-Z radio S-H-O-W. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, and many other places. Just search Disney On Demand, Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, or Disney Blue, and that's B-L-U. All of which are going to help you find our fun, magical, different kind of Disney show. And if you want to stay connected instantly, you can't wait. You want the magic in your ears. You're working out. You're driving to work. You're in your cubicle. Who knows? You want the magic right away. All you have to do is go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio. Search Disney On Demand, Diz Radio, or Disney Blue, and you're going to see our show right there. You can subscribe and get the latest shows on your mobile device, your Android, your iPhone, your tablet, any device of your choosing, and get the magic as soon as it gets released right away for you to enjoy and stay connected as a D-head here at the show. And if I've talked too fast, all you have to do is go to Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, and find all those links there as well. Now, next week, we have a very fun guest stopping in. Somebody that's taking me back to my childhood. Think of imaginary friends. Think of buckets of fuzz. Think of those Sunday night movies and so much more. Let's see if you can uh, put it all together and maybe rearrange the words a little bit. And that's going to clue you in as to who's going to be stopping in next week. So, as I always say, the weekend is here. The time is now. It's time to slow down. Take time and never neglect family for business. Make the memories happen. You can always make money. You can't always make memories. And with that, I want you to have a magical weekend. And remember, 
always remember the magic, remember where it began, and pass it on to future generations. Until next week, all of you D-heads, have a fantastic weekend, and I'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney company. Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. See you real soon.